You're listening to episode 210 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. There typically comes a time in your life where if you've been out of alignment, you get to the space of just feeling the weight of it all. It can be tricky to identify your own cycles, patterns, and limiting beliefs. It can be just as tricky to shift from a mode of self-doubt into a life of abundant confidence. While we can do it alone, it's oftentimes a lot easier with the help of someone else, such as this week's guest. This week's guest is Kathleen Quinton. Kathleen, who goes by Kathy, is a life coach and author. She loves working between strategic intervention as well as mindfulness for her coaching modalities. I think it's pretty fair to say that Kathy and I were on this good vibes flow throughout our conversation. I could have kept talking to Kathy way beyond our allotted time as she has so much wisdom and light to share. Before I introduce you to Kathy, I've got to remind you about our new podcast series. The Master Your Mind Business and Life podcast is now serving up three weekly episodes. You can catch me on Wednesday, Fridays, and now Sundays. Our newest series, Awaken Your Soul Sunday, is a storytelling series that shares life's biggest aha moments in the words and voice of that week's featured storyteller. On this past week's episode, Mac Monroe shared how he went from graduating third to lowest in his graduating class to entering a career in the military and not knowing what to do at all with his life. Of course... He figured it out, but you've got to listen to the story to find out how. After you've listened to today's Life Mastery Conversation, listen to the Awaken Your Soul Sunday series. Each episode shows the acronym AYS before the episode name. Now, are you ready to meet this week's guest? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to the show. I've been looking forward to our conversation. Oh, hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. I've been so excited about today. Me too, because I know that you are a life coach and you're also an author, but I would really just love to learn more about your journey. What led you to becoming a life coach? That's such a good question. And I've pondered it so many times because it's basically my purpose. And when you finally get to the point, or for me, it was a journey finding my purpose. So when you get to the point that you're talking about your purpose and you find it, you look back and you think what led you there, because there's always a path or a road that leads you to, um, you know, finding your superpowers, if you will, your, your reason for, sharing and you know your why how you want to contribute to the world so i think when i look back as young as 11 years old i was very interested in what made people tick why we do what we do and why we i know that sounds so young but even at 11 i used to watch people mm. and admire them and admire people that were doing good things and doing them well and and how they did it. It just fascinated me. And I always wanted to, um, I wanted to better myself and find ways to feel really good about myself and maybe share that with other people. So it started quite young. Yeah, that is quite young. And then did you 
go ahead, you know, after school and dive into this or? No, 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 no. It took, I, I didn't know. And, and it's funny when I share some of the things I've done in my life, it was, it's almost like a no brainer that I became a coach. I actually, um, my last job, I've been a coach for about seven years now and I became certified in mindfulness and then I became certified in strategic intervention because I love both going between the modalities of both. I love mindfulness and I'm very spiritual and I love strategies and that's kind of where I, where the taking action takes place. So when I got out of school, I actually was in the hospitality industry for about oh many, many years. And I also am a mother of three adult children and have six grandchildren. Aww. And I was always trying to help people, trying to, you know, take care of them, trying to help them uplift their lives, having, and at the same time, of course, I'm studying it. I was fascinated with positive psychology. I've been studying it for years and years and years, well before I became a coach. Of course, that's a sign, right? Right there. Mm, yeah, of course. Right. Well, it's a huge sign. And then when my children were playing sports, I was a coach. Mm. I was a softball coach. I helped my son's baseball team. Um, I was the room mother. I was the, you know, the, the networking kind of queen, trying to make every, you know, make everything melt, try to keep things together. So when I look back and then it, it, to even fast forward it at one point, um, you know, I had many young um, people that I, that I managed at one point and I was always interested more than just their job and the way they performed. I was always interested in how they felt about themselves. So it just was, and then I went into, I was director of sales in an organization, and then I landed quite well and comfortably in development, which is fundraising for nonprofits. That was fun because I was contributing and trying to make an organization better and and help it grow. And really, that's what I always wanted to do for people. Yeah. I love doing it for organizations. I love to see businesses grow, especially when they have such purpose. Um. And when really, truthfully, that's my path. And it took me a good long time to say, okay, this is what I want to do. Writing's right up there. I love writing, but my writing always has a piece of coaching to it. Mm. I love that you were able to lean into this. And I really love when you said that you're spiritual, but also strategic. Because I think that's exactly how I would describe myself. Because mm-hmm. we get, we can be spiritual all day, but that action piece is crazy critical. It really is. So I'm curious to know, because I'm sure people listening right now are like, yes, my purpose, right? Like everyone wants to tap into their purpose. And you took the long route around. And I'm sure that you want to help people streamline this and get there faster. Absolutely. How how can we do that? How, How can you really start to understand your purpose and lean into that? You can lean, well, lean into clarity. Mm. Find out your why and what's driving you. When I work with people, it is one of the first things we do, no matter the agenda they bring, because everyone brings an agenda. They want to find a job. They want to feel better about themselves. They want to improve this. They want to improve that. But it all starts with clarity, right? Mm. We We have to know what we don't want in life. 
And that we only stay in there for a little bit because what we don't want in life gives us knowledge about what we do want in life. And that's where we want to focus and get really clear about just getting focused on what you want in life is it, energy flies to it. Yeah. Energy flies to you. It's very hard when someone really gets down and grounded with what the one in life is. It's very hard to stop them from attaining that. So you're talking about someone, how are they going to make the leap, right? The leap mm. to this is my why. Yes. We work on their strengths. What are their strengths? What are their superpowers? There, there isn't a person that I've worked with yet that doesn't have amazing strength. And they're not aware of them. They don't celebrate them because their strengths come easy to them, right? Mm. So they're not realizing that, wow, I, I am a leader. Wow, I did do this. I, I I pulled this together. I mean, once we work on their strengths and and they get clear about what they want in life, it's a door open to their purpose and their why, what they want to contribute. I'd say, you know how we're always taught to work on our weaknesses? Right. And we want to improve our weaknesses. Well, yeah, we do. We want to improve where we might not be so strong. But those strengths we have, if we just keep massaging them and tweaking them and honing them. They just may be the gift we have to share with the world. That is so fascinating and so true that we don't, we kind of overlook the strengths. We always focus on your weakness. And I even remember going into a job interview and they asked like what your weakness was. And it, I remember at that time, like thinking, oh, I didn't really think about my weakness, <laughs> you know, like, oh, we going to focus on this. <laughs> and you don't want to stay there. Just like when you just like when I work with people about getting knowledge about what they do want in life, um, for, we do it with finding out what they don't want. Mm. Finding out what you don't want is key to clarity. It's yeah, and that that makes so much sense too. When when you're able to say what you don't want, do you find that people when you ask, well, what do you want in life? Do they typically come back with, well, what I don't want is, is it easier to fall into the don't or that no mentality versus like, this is what I want to attract in abundance? Well, what it, what it is, is first off, I understand, I think part of the question you're asking, is it easier for people to stay in the negativity? Yeah. Is, yes, because there's that sphere, right? And it's, and we're trained. I mean, phys just our being back when we were primitive beings, we, we had to run from tigers and bears, oh my, right? And now we don't have to run from that, but we're still, we have that innate peace into, in us that, that gets into survival mode and can stay in a comfort zone possibly way too long, right? So you don't want to say, you, you do want to train yourself to get out of negative thoughts. That's why when I work with people, we don't stay in what they don't want in life. We only use it for knowledge. Then we just burn that piece. We scratch it out if we're putting it on paper. We throw it away. And then we write down and get really clear about what they do want. Um, I don't want to be in a low paying job. I don't want to not succeed in life. Okay, what do you want instead? I want to make money that will um, help my family um, live comfortably and for us to feel secure and to take a vacation a year. You know, get really specific. And then, okay, what steps? Let's put some action steps together for there. And then when you do it with a person and, or they do this for themselves, 
you do it a few times and you, you do it maybe about mind, body and spirit. What do I want from my mind? What do I want from my spirit? What do I want from my body? What do I want from my, you know, work life? What do I want for my family life? Mm-hmm. You get clear. You wouldn't believe the mission statements that comes out of doing this work or the taglines, um, you know, mantras that people build. It, it's they I mean, I work with people on this and they turn into poets. Wow. <laughs> it's and, powerful work. And they're probably even like, where did this come from? <laughs> like, they are. They really are. Where did this be? Because when they get clear about what they want, you know, they get met with belief. Mm-hmm. And when belief comes to them that they can do this, oh my goodness, this is really what I do want. They get laser focused on it, Lauren. Yeah. Well, and the the opposite side of belief then is self-doubt, right? And I think that's something that we've all faced at least once in our life. But for many, that self-doubt is an ongoing battle. So how can we begin to conquer self-doubt? The best way to conquer self-doubt, well, first off, we we talked a little bit about mind, body, and spirit. And if I could share a little tip to all of your listeners, it would be if you're so inclined to just give yourself a little step up and a little nudge, every morning, write down three things you can do. Number one, mind. What can I do for my mind today? Two, body. What can I do for my body today? Three, what can I do for my spirit? And then you're, you're already in a, your, your motion is going forward in a healthy way. But to get to your real question here about self-doubt is we have, and we've heard all about it now for a long time, we have negative self-talk. I call my negative self-talk gremlins. I give them a name. Um, A lot of people give them a name gremlin, but you can call your negative self-talk whatever you want. You can call it Harry or Sally, but you've been conditioned, we've all been conditioned to to have... um, when we up level our lives, when we get out of our comfort zone, we get met with this feeling, right? And this feeling is fear. You, We can call it fear. We can call it anxiety. We can call it excitement. We get to name it what we want. But when you do reach your reach for more, get out of your comfort zone, really risk putting yourself out there in the arena, so to speak, You, your self-doubt, you know, your gremlins come calling, right? Who do you think you are? You're not good enough. You know you're a fraud um, and on and on because we all have these gremlins and they are real and they stop people. They are, it's a wall. We run into a wall unless we know how to deal with them. This, and that makes a lot of sense of, I love that you call them gremlins too, because it's like identifying that, that, that other part. Right. And it's like, that's not really me. Right. So it's, it's very easy then to kind of separate yourself from that other voice. Exactly. When you, when you know, when you get practiced in this, I can be driving down the street, Lauren, and I'll have this bad thought or a negative thought about myself. And now I'm practiced. I've been working with gremlins and negative self-talk for years now. So I get, I'll say, okay, I don't feel good about myself right now. I'm feeling really crappy and I'll get, I'll get a little still and I'll say, well, what's happening? Oh, you're trying to do this and you're doubting yourself. You're afraid. Um, You're, you're feeling like you're not good enough. 
And I'll, I'll literally just say, oh, go away. You don't have me today. Stand back. I've got this. And I'll do a little flicking motion with my hand. Like I flicked that gremlin away. Mm. And then I stand in my truth. I stand grounded. And I don't have to please everyone. I just need to do the best I can. Oh, right? I no love perfection, that. Right? Yes. Yes. And that's so Keep noticing that there's no perfection and giving yourself that grace too, to just yeah. kind of check in with yourself and then, Hey, notice it and flick it away. Just flick it away and be gone and be gone. Right. <laughs> be gone. And, and expect it each time you reach for something more, when you up-level your life, I think we invite our gremlins in. And each time we up-level our lives, we get emotional strength, right? We get stronger. We get we, we become more reliant. We become, we have more resilience. We just are, our confidence just grows and expands tremendously every time we, we do something that, you know, we didn't do 10 years ago. We didn't do five years or we didn't believe we could do a year ago. It is, it's life-changing work just to get rid of those gremlins and recognize them and, and know that, oh my God, they're liars. You are good enough. You're not an imposter. You do, you know, you, you aren't too big for your britches. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're real deal, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, a lot of that too, you talked on the cycle and patterns. And a lot of times we don't realize that we're in a cycle of patterns or habits or low vibrational self-talk. How do we begin to start to clearly identify those patterns? One of the best ways I have found, but there's multiple ways to, to combat and conquer your gremlins and your self-doubt. One is to get yourself grounded. Mm. One is to realize that, you know, one that you, okay. So I, I kind of am a believer in all people. And I have to say that your listeners, when I say right now, you are good enough, there has to come a time when you draw a line in the sand and say, right, I am. Okay, so why am I feeling this, you know, negativity overcome me? Or why am I in these lower level feelings like anger and disgust and fear and all that's all low, lower level feeling. And how many times in our lives have we been spinning our wheels and lower level feelings and we, it, it just gets so painful, we pop out of it, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is, once we get aware of our lower level feelings, and that we're in this cycle of frustration, we're in this cycle of energy that doesn't feel good. If we can stop ourselves right there and realize, okay, I'm gonna pop out of this because it's so painful, this is bothering me. I've gotta, you know, either I'm gonna go for a 10 mile hike or walk or run, or I'm gonna go get a master's degree, or I'm gonna do something I'm gonna regret. So when we pop out of this lower level feeling, we wanna be doing something healthy for ourselves. And the best way to combat lower level feelings is get conscious of them, what they are, how do they feel in our body. Remember when I said when I, I could be driving down the, um, the road and I'll have this, oh, I, I want to write this, right? Or oh, I have this idea for a children's book or um, I want to do this. And then I'll get this cloud of maybe gloom and doom that hits me and I'll say, okay, why don't I feel good? Well, again, it's a gremlin and I make sense with it and flick it away. That's what we're talking about here. It's building your own resilience and knowing starting, you know, have your starting point, your set point. I'm good enough. 
because if you have set points that you're not good enough, what are you going to be in life? Where are you going to reach? Mm. Right? You're only going to, you only are going, you're going to plateau it. I'm not good enough. And that's going to be your comfort zone. And you're not going to break that little glass ceiling for yourself. But if you believe in yourself and your set point is I'm good enough. And when I don't feel so great, I'm going to flick those thoughts away and keep going regardless. Your life changes. Yeah. And it can be really easy to stay in that pit, that those low feelings of anger, resentment, whatever it may be about your life. But I love that you're just, when you take that step back to just, to just notice, to just be aware, there's a lot of power in that. Yes. There's, there's life-changing power in that. Mm -hmm. It is, call it the helicopter view of your life. I mean, step back. These, these parts of us, I mean, if we really want to get deep, these parts of us, our gremlins really, but they were once our friend. They were there to keep us safe. They came, I mean, for instance, I had one of my biggest fears was imposter syndrome. And I was always afraid to speak, public speak. And I, I you know, I had many, I had quite a few opportunities to speak out in public. And I would literally just experience every kind of negativity I could would come crashing on my head for this. And it is something that we, we just have to realize that it's, it was there. It was there once for me. I, I remember I was in a, I'm sorry, I'm kind of mumbling about this because there's another beginning to it. When I was in third grade, I was in a play and I had the lead in the play. And when they opened the curtain, I literally couldn't talk. All of a sudden, there was people staring at me. There was a crowd, and <laughs> I was in third grade, and I remembered that. And fast forward years later as an adult when I would speak in front of, like, you know, 100, 200 people, I would get that same feeling. This that same trauma almost. Oh, freeze, you know? And so it, it takes work, but it was that feeling that I have is really trying to protect me from having those feelings mm. of fear. And we have to, you know, we almost have to make friends with our gremlins a little bit like, okay, I've got it now. Trust me. I don't need you to come and, you know, save me because basically you're, you're hindering my growth. So I'm going to flick you away a little bit, but you know, if I had someone I was working with, we might make peace with their gremlins. We make make really good friends with their gremlins, right? Yeah. Sometimes you have to. <laughs> Sometimes you got to make friends with them. <laughs> exactly. Because if you, you know, I don't want to go through life being afraid. I can talk. So if I'm 10 feet away off stage and having a conversation with three girlfriends and not having any problems speaking, why if I move 10 feet further into a room and stand in front of a microphone, do I have trouble speaking? Mm. Right? Yeah. Have you, like when you're coaching and working with people, have you noticed that a lot of the fears are actually deep seated in these childhood experiences? Yeah. Yes. Fascinating. Where our inner child is um, resilient and always with us. (laughs) Yes. Those resilient little children that stay within. Yes. Uh, well, like when I told you, when I started realizing my why, but didn't, didn't, you know, I wasn't conscious of it. I was 11 years old. That's a, that's a child, right? Yeah. When I developed my fear of public speaking, I was probably, um, 
in third grade, right? Mm. So those are those are those develop gremlins for me. They, I mean, we have patterns that we start in our our childhood. I mean, think about it. If you're if your favorite teacher frowned at you every time yeah. you had a math assignment, you might have been great at English, but every time you worked, you know, you were in math class, you you, you were frowned at, or your parents frowned at you, or your your best friend wasn't your best friend anymore. And your mind plays all kinds of tricks on you. And it projects all, it tells you all kinds of stories. And a lot of them aren't true. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really interesting. We need to, we need to realize that every time we reach for more in life, we're going to be hit with the weaker self as well. And the weaker self we have to talk to and love. We just have to love that part of us because that part is really trying to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. And if I'll have talks with that, you know, part of myself and I'll say, oh, I've got this, you know, like I do my gremlins, just go away, especially if they're mean. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to flick them away. But if I feel something come up that's trying to protect me, I'll say, oh, no, I'm strong enough. I've got this. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Something that a podcast guest, Dr. Dawson Church had told us on the conversation, on a conversation before was that we have more people meditating today than we have ever had. And that number is increasing by the year. And I'm curious to know as a grandmother to six, Mm -hmm. how do you think that this next generation, do you believe that they're going to be more mindful and more aware of their emotions compared to my generation or your generation? Absolutely. I do. I I don't think there's any doubt at all. We see um, yoga in um, some schools, some progressive schools have um, children meditating and getting quiet, getting still. And their global awareness is, we've never had this kind of awareness before. I have grandchildren that have been part of a um, youth civic summit um, that is, you know, teaching them things that we never thought to learn. Never, certainly in my age um, group and and yours. I mean, this is this is just wonderful. We need to get out of just the survival mode um, that was instilled in a lot of us to just get the money, get the education, get the house, get the food. I mean, we need, we have six human needs, right? And our six human needs are certainty. We have a need for certainty. We have a need for uncertainty. We have a need to feel significant. We have a need for love and connection. And our spiritual needs are growth, a need for growth and a need for contribution. That's your why, right? Mm. What you contribute to the world and what you, and that's when you find your fulfillment. When when you're, when you align with what you're supposed to do and what you, your soul wants to do, um, you're, you start contributing to people in a, in a bigger way. So to answer your question, I think the awareness that is growing globally we now realize we're connected. We're not just, I mean, some people had pride in their state, right? And then they had pride in their country. And then it, right now it's like, we need to take care of the world. Yeah. Right. There's, it, it, there's a bigger, there's a bigger reason to um, become aware. Yeah. And I think you're right. Like we were all just kind of conditioned. Um, I know a lot of like my conditioning of no fault of my parents, right? Like this is just mm-hmm. something that was told to us for a long time was, 
go to school after school. You need to get a college education after that. Like you get a job, but I can also say, well, I could have been an entrepreneur without a college education without my $60,000 and student right, loan right. debt, you know, so like that could have happened. And I see it with my oldest daughter who's 11. She's already expressed. She's, she's one of those students who is very scholarly. So when she made this statement that she's not interested in going to college, granted, I know this can change from the time of being 11 and 18. She made that statement. I just asked her, well, what do you want to do? I want to do art. Okay, great. Let's do art now. Like you don't have to wait. There's not a timeline that we thought we had to follow and be in this autopilot life. You can choose what brings you joy and fulfillment now. Right. And if and if you found Lauren or she found that her gift in life she wants to exp- express through art, look at the fact that she's aware of that at 11. Right. Now, now I'm not saying it's her why. I'm not saying anything of the sort. But I'm saying she has the, it's wonderful that she's living in a home where she can express that and also express, hey, mom, I may not want to go to college. Now, that can change and education is fabulous. And I'm a, uh, I'm a mother of a teacher and education, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's constant. But I have three adult children. Two, my daughters both have higher degrees. My son doesn't. He owns a business. Mm-hmm. And he went the service route and um, came out of the service and, and he owns a business and he is a businessman and, and doing well. And my daughters are doing great. And how you get to where you're, it, it's individual, right? And I think your daughter sounds like she's quite, you know, an aware um, 11 year old. And I find that my grandchildren are heading in the same way. Yeah. And that makes me, it makes me excited too uh, for, for this next generation to just kind of challenge the tradition and not that there's something wrong with tradition, but there's a mold that needs to be broken. That's not very healthy. Yes. Yes. And, and, and if, if we want to name it, I mean, there's a few things we can name it, but just your saying that kind of gave me a hit and it was like Mm. self-love. I mean, I'm sure your daughter is being taught how to take care of herself. How to remember when at the very beginning of our conversation, I said, if you want to do something to change your life right now, write three things in the morning. What can you do for your mind, body, and spirit? And that sounds like how you're raising your daughter. She's she's aware. She's thinking. Um, My grandchildren talk about what's going on in the world to a degree that I, I know I couldn't have held the conversations that um, they're holding right now and the opinions they have. They are strong. They're powerful little beings. They're little leaders. And I can see that developing. And, and it, it just is impressive. And it's, oh, you just, it, it gives you such hope. Yes, like little light workers just yeah. all over right now. <laughs> They're just shining so much light. And that and you're so right. Like I see her at eleven. I was like, there's no way that was me at eleven. I probably still play with Barbies, you know. Like <laughs> I I was I think I was always in the direction of going somewhere. I knew that I wanted to go somewhere. I knew that I wanted to reach for more. Don't we all feel that? Isn't there like a little nugget in us that we know we have something to give and we just have to give ourselves permission to do it? And and we just have to go through that little veil, that little cloud that's in our way. 
And once you get clarity on it and really kind of dig those feet in the earth and get grounded on it, it, it just starts coming to you. You get very aligned with it and very comfortable being in that place. Mm. And an aligned life is really what we all strive for. And I know that there are probably people listening today who are like, yes, Kathy, I need that clarity. Help me find this clarity. (laughs) And I know you have so much more to offer as well. So where can our audience go to connect with you further? Well, thank you, Lauren. My, um, My coaching company is called Quintessential Coaching. And my, they could reach me best with my website, which is quintessential-coaching.com. Perfect. The website and I can give them a free half hour of um, coaching or a little session on clarity and we could go from there. Wonderful. Well, I will be sure to link that in this week's episode notes as well. Kathy, you are full of so much wisdom and light Thank you for sharing this space with me and joining me today. Lauren, thank you so much. I enjoyed it immensely. And and I have to say right back at you, uh, you're doing great things. Thanks for what you're doing. Thank you. How amazing is Kathy? I am excited to hear what resonated most with you in today's episode. So be sure to share your feedback with me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. You can find me at MindBizLife. And while you're at it, be sure to go ahead and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, or wherever it is that you're tuning in from. That way you don't miss an episode. Your five-star rating and reviews serve as great feedback to me, but they also help others find this podcast. I'll see you back here on Friday for another episode of Through Your Life Friday, but until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.